simple, round, refined. A shape that was spoken into existence with the universe, and a shape that holds powerful meaning. We see this shape all over creation, the sun, stars, our earth, and we find it in some of our most precious possessions. It's a beautiful symbol of wholeness and completeness, a symbol of infinite motion. It's a shape that represents love and commitment, and a symbol of unity. Unity, an idea of connectedness even when separated. To be a group of people moving in the same direction with the same heartbeat. It's an idea that we, as a family of churches, are better together than we are by ourselves. We were never meant to be alone, and we believe in being a community of action. That our love for one another will drive us beyond the four walls into our communities to share the transformative presence of God with our neighbors. It's a love that brings families back together. That's the community we strive to be, bringing heaven to earth. Amazing things happen when a group of people commit to one cause. When they rally around the same mission, something happens. You have a movement, a God-given mission and vision for our future. God has given all of us a unique part to play in accomplishing what He has set before us, and we are most impactful when we stay true to who God has called us to be. Because the kingdom of God doesn't need any more replication of other ministries. And it doesn't need any more imitation. What it needs is innovation that comes through obedience. For we experience no greater freedom than when we are walking in step with Christ and going where He has called us to go. But we know that our God is for us, and we know that greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world. So here we stand with a lamp on our feet and a light on our path, coming alive to our calling. For we are Grace Capital Church, and this is our awakening. There we go. It's my fault there. We, over the past now five weeks, we have been going through a series about our, the DNA of our church, our mission, vision, and values. And we are now upon the value of the fact that our community should want us. Now, we know what Jesus said, that because you love me, the world is going to hate you. That's always going to be. But our mission is that we who are a people, as a people, should have an effect on the culture that we are a part of. We should have an effect on the culture that we're a part of because we're believers. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about this evening is, is our impact on the people that God has placed us around. And if you guys are sitting here wondering, like, just stop for a minute and think about the people you are surrounded with every week, every day. You come home from work or um, where you work. We've talked a lot about, we've talked about people matter to us. All people matter to us. We've talked a lot about community, and this series talks about people because Jesus came to redeem people to him. All people. 
That was his purpose, was to come and bring salvation. So we have a part in that, and that's exciting. And I think, for me, we have discovered that, like, wow, we can be a part of his master plan in this world. GCC over the past year, I would say, has been focusing a lot on community messages, like getting our eyes open to loving people and really being a part, thematically speaking, to the idea that the community needs Jesus. And because they need Jesus, hey, check that out. They need us. Because they need Jesus, they need us. And we're humbled of the fact that we could partner with him. And God gets the glory, every bit of the glory. Because remember, it is his name above all other names. And our mouths should declare the goodness of God. And our lives ought to show the power of the gospel. And I want to remind you, uh, in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Paul says this, and he's referring to Jesus here. He says, but then he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So with that one verse, I set you up with the idea that your awesomeness doesn't matter. (laughs) How good you are, your morals, all that stuff doesn't matter. Because it is his power that does a work inside of us and his strength. So when we live lives that are submitted to Christ in such a way, we are free from performance. We are free from guilt. Therefore, there is no more condemnation. But we boast in our weakness because we push upon, we we, we (laughs) grasp for Christ and his power. And so what we do is we, we, we know exactly where we're at. We're humbled by that fact. It is the power of Christ that gives us strength. I am going to take a second. I know I have a clock. I know we've got to be out there. <laughs> but has anybody else figured out that I've been a little off tonight? You guys, thanks, buddy. You're the honest one in this room. (laughs) Yes, yes. See, um, there has just been this week such tremendous attack from the enemy. And when you are doing things right, when you you have the conviction of the Holy Spirit and you set things up the way the the Holy Spirit is guiding and directing a church, you know, you just got to be ready for it. You just have to be ready. And when you experience it, it comes in various forms. And so we had, obviously we have Halloween, but we have a lot of people missing. People that, you, you know, when you see people missing, you just realize, wow, this thing can't happen 
without you. And just I'm so grateful for you that showed up here this evening, but all of the other people too that make up Grace Capital Church. I'm just so grateful for that. But I will say, I personally have been off. I mean, that stuff, you know, I'm, I get concerned sometimes. But personally, my son, uh, my oldest son, uh, the real wild one, he, uh, he contracted strep from some other kids at school. And so I spent, my wife knew totally. She was like, yeah, he's got strep. And so we needed to get him tested and just so that he can get the antibiotics. Well, that took five hours this morning. And so I have been just thrown off. But I know that what God has put on me this evening, or last night, but even this evening, the enemy doesn't want this going to you. And so thank you guys for loving me and being uh, understanding. But I'll be honest, sometimes it's just tough. It's tough to get your, your groove on. <laughs> but I will say this. Why we are here in this beautiful city is so evident. I mean, we have a beautiful city. Uh, there's so many things to look at and say, yeah. Um, every city has problems. And why do we go so quickly to the negative? I mean, we have beautiful facilities in this city. We have just lively culture everywhere. We have beautiful parks, and we have uh, booming businesses. And we just have a culture that really stirs up creativity and even entrepreneurial endeavors. We have just a phenomenal support system, even for those that are in tough places. Did you know in the state of New Hampshire, there are 400 organizations that deal with homelessness in New Hampshire, and most of them based out of Manchester. So there's a lot of resource because we do love people, and we care about our community. But, yeah, we know the challenges, and we can easily pinpoint them. We can spot them. We know the drug issue is way out of line. Um, and it's little things like that, like suicide and murder and greed, that can easily put a huge stain on a, on, a, on a city. But do you realize that God came not just to save you, but he, he came to save the community? He came to redeem our city. And that's why we are a part of this. Um, I know that many times we want to kind of shrink back <laughs> when we start talking about impacting our city. Uh, they don't like to hear the, the challenge. And I have to play a good balance of challenging people and equipping people. But I feel like the church hasn't challenged enough. And that's why we've taken this approach to really say, get out there in the city and, and love on the people and don't miss an opportunity to, to do that. But now we have to get into some aspects of um, what what God established from the very beginning, the hope for our communities. And I want to take you to Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven 
and forgive their sin and heal their land. I'm not going to belabor too much on the impacting our city, but I will say this. It begins in us. We talked about that a little bit. In previous messages, we've talked a lot about how the, 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 the way that we impact the city is by allowing the Holy Spirit to do a work in us individually. It begins with heart change. And every one of us needs to humble ourselves and pray. We need to repent, and we want everyone to experience this kind of freedom. So we, that's why we, we, we call people to know who Jesus Christ is and bring them to a place of repentance. Because in repentance, there's freedom. So a lot of uh, large church models out there, and they're, they're out there building massive buildings with this concept that if you build it, they will come. That in, for some reason, if you just set up big, big church structures, that they're going to attract people. And they, there, is, there is an attractional movement that we, in fact, have gotten behind. And maybe so much that it's not our heart to uh, just do this just for everybody to come off the street and have some exciting venue to go to. But we actually like the lights, too. You know? Uh, I don't know about you, but I don't like going into stuffy church buildings and, and, and spending my time there. I love the people, but sometimes paint needs to change. But the idea that if you have a marketing structure and you run a church like a business, like a marketing structure, honestly, there is a, there's something wrong with that. You don't, you don't just build it and expect people to come and be changed. But I will say this, that we as people... Uh, we need to love people as they're coming and going. And if they find a place like our community to be home, then we engage. And we hold nothing back. We lavish people with love. But the real model that God created, and you see Jesus expressed, guys, what did Jesus do? to build his church. What did Jesus do to build his church? What was his big idea? He sent people out. He sent out his disciples. He sent out his 12 and he sent out his 72. And beyond that, we shouldn't not come together because of course we want to celebrate with each other. But Jesus created the perfect strategy for reaching people, and that's for us to go out. And what happens is we end up building churches and preaching messages, hoping that preaching about good morals changes people. But morals don't change people, although we need to talk about some things at times, right behaviors and things like that. But right behaviors don't change an individual's heart. Jesus Christ does. Right? Jesus is building his church, and he's, he built the church to spread the gospel, the good news. And he sent out people 
And I want you to look in this room, just look at each other in this room, and look at yourselves and each other, and realize this, that you are those people. You are the ones that he sent out. He's commissioned you to do that. You are the ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Isn't that exciting? Just even now, as I'm saying this, my heart is like changing. <laughs> as I had a little bit of heaviness, you know, we, we know that uh, I haven't been totally myself this evening, but uh, honestly, my heart is just, this is what God wants you to hear. Part of my message was to have the whiteboard. I don't even have the whiteboard. How am I going to do this? <laughs> that doesn't matter. But I will paint the picture for you. You have a block. You have a town. You have a road. You have a community that God has placed you in. And God has sent you out to share the gospel of truth with them. If you don't have a burden for your neighbors, I'm praying for you that you do. I have a burden for my neighbors, but it's not good enough. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you're like, oh, man, I really want these people to know Jesus. But they're drinking again, and I don't want to go out there and talk to them, you know. I mean, this is legit. This is how my, my community works. <laughs> I don't live in a, in, in, in a ghetto. However, the local police department has called it the ghetto. But I will say that, you know, as beautiful a community is, we have a, just a huge... Uh, just a, a swarm of people from different backgrounds all living together and trying to make living together work. I live in a condo community, okay? And it's amazing. It's so, it's great. I, I've, I've had neighbors there for years. Neighbors that I've really grown to love. You know, it's funny. Sometimes the only time that us, even though I love these people, how often do I go out and actually say hi to them? I mean, yeah, sure, we're walking our dogs and we're going to get the mail and we're, we don't really rake our leaves because we have people that do that, you know. <laughs> but we, we get outside. You know, the funniest, we experienced this one time. Do you remember the earthquake that hit Bosquin, New Hampshire? Um, few, no? Okay, there was this huge earthquake, when I say huge, like a four point whatever, and um, it, it shook the ground where we were. I literally got up in the middle of the night, and I thought a bomb had gone off, or someone's house exploded because they left the gas, the gas stove on, and, uh, you know, it ignited, and the whole place went up. It was just that loud, and it shook the ground. We all come running out, and we probably were out there for like a good 45 minutes just talking, and then we're like, all right, we'll see you later. And then it was like a few months again before we saw each other. <laughs> but it took like a serious, massive <laughs> geological uh, happening for us to get out of our comfy little homes and actually talk to each other. And then I realized something going, preparing for this message, like, oh my goodness. Yes, I know the names, but do I know their lives? And I'm going to challenge every one of you here in this room, just be honest. It's okay. No condemnation now. Do you guys know the names of the people that you live around? I do. But I'll be honest with you, I don't know their lives. 
and I judge them far too fast. We do that. We just kind of throw out judgments. And God wants us to break that down, and he wants us to get involved in their lives. Remember that he gave you the gospel freely, and why is it so hard for us sometimes to actually come together and tell them about Jesus? Now, I don't want you to be weird. I don't want you to go walking up to their house and knock on the door and say, hey, can I have five minutes of your time? <laughs> Let me tell you about Jesus. I mean, you can do that if the Holy Spirit tells you to do that. But um, you don't have to be religious, but you do need to engage in a relational way. In Luke chapter 4, verse 16 through 19, it says this, um, and then he, being Jesus, came to Nazareth, Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophets of Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You are ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I want you to do something. I want you to know two things. I want you to know the Greek word and the Hebrew word for ministry. And first of all, I want to, I want to tell you the uh, diakonia. Diakonia is the Greek word for ministry. And essentially you wrap that up and it only means service. It's service. When we talk about ministry, we talk about ministers, we talk about the things. We, I believe that every one of us has ministry built into us. But we have not fully engaged in that. Some of you are. But I want to challenge and I want to give you this, that he has called you by name to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Diakonia is where we get the word deacon. We are deacons and deaconesses entrusted with the word of God. Another uh, word I want to share with you is the word yod. That's definitely a primitive Hebrew word, yod. I want you to take your hand out and put it out like this. It doesn't matter what hand. I just want you to put your hand out and look at it for a second. This is your yod. This is what it means. This, the word yod means hand. It also means strength. It also means talent. It means power. And that's what the word ministry means in the Hebrew language. When we say ministry, David ministered to his people by playing his instruments. He ministered to people through his abilities, and he ministered to people through his power. And you and I have the power of Jesus Christ inside of us, and we need to use our yod to be effectual in our community. 
when I see this, I look at the fact that each and every one of you in this room were called to be ministers to your neighbors. We serve them. We bake them cookies. If you guys want tangibles here to walk away with, bake some cookies this week. Guys, go outside, grab some rakes, and go rake their yards for them. Here's an interesting challenge I was challenged with. A lot of you guys with yards are probably looking around the room and saying, but my yard is really a mess, and I really need to take care of it. Can I just challenge you? Your yard can come second. Can I challenge you that the things that you have, the things that, I mean, God has entrusted you with stuff, and that's all right. It's not like you're not going to take care of them. But our ministry is intentional. And take a moment to actually put yourself on second and go to first and reach that neighbor across the way. Connect with them while you rake. Guys, it's just right around the corner. Don't shoot me, but snow is about to hit New England. (laughs) And shovel their driveway. Do things out of the... And some of you guys are already loving and you do this already. But I just want to affirm with you that that's the right way to reach people through for Christ. Is that extraordinary love. It goes beyond that. It's when you walk up to them and you ask them, hey, how's it going in your life? What's, what is Steve Smith? What does Steve Smith's like, life look like? So that I could better understand it. And they, they'll be like, oh, you don't want to know that. You have no idea my background, my past. It's like, actually, I, do, I really do want to get to, you seem like an interesting person. And I really want to get to know you. And I'll tell you the reason why. This is genuine too. Is I want you to know joy. I can't pump you up, but I do want you to know the joy of the Lord. And at that point, he might say, well, see you later. But when you drop something like that, it sticks in the psyche of the individual listening. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing, and we need to be right on the forefront to respond. You remember that every person that's out there, God has called people to himself. And like I said before, I don't want to preach a message and not give people the opportunity to know Jesus and allow another church to do that. Okay, he's eventually going to bring those that he has called to himself He's going to use some church or some person. But as a pastor of this church, campus pastor, and now this is the heart of Mark, Pastor Mark, we don't want anybody to walk in and walk out of this church without having an opportunity to know the Savior. And so these relationships that you develop, you go into ministry in your your communities. You can invite them to church, but don't pass up the opportunity to bring Christ to them. Don't miss the opportunity to bring them to Jesus. Heard an amazing testimony 
of someone who came to Christ through a life group just recently who went through this awakening series. They didn't pass up that opportunity. God gets the glory, they get the joy. I want you to be a part of that joy. We need to be initiators and responders of conversations that lead people to those amazing words, I want what you have. All we have to say is it's Jesus. The gospel is simple. You don't need a master's in theology. What you need is clarity and conviction. And the way that you get clarity in your conviction is by getting drawn closer to Jesus Christ. Spending more time in his word, just loving on him. You know that sometimes people read the Bible out of guilt. You have to because I'm a Christian. I got it. Do you know that when you read the word, you are actually ministering to God himself? Because he put every word there for you. And when you, when you close that book, you are cutting communication off from him. And some people are like, oh, I don't want to ever close the book. <laughs> but no, no there's, there's like conversations that he wants to have with each and every one of us. And, and the way that you minister to him is by engaging in every word. Until he says, we're done. You got stuff to do, man. <laughs> got to go to work. You know, those are the kind of relationships that we need with Christ. The greater your love will be, the fuller your hearts will be, the more powerful your hands will be, and your neighbors will be set free. I want you to develop that burden. If, if you don't have the burden, that's okay. Draw closer to God. He will give you the burden. It's good. Sometimes it's fearful. As a Christian, I sometimes get afraid of having a burden that's so hard, so, so much that it overwhelms my emotions and it overwhelms my mind. And, and I, it's like, oh, I want to love these people, but how can I do it? It's not what you can do. It's what Christ does in and through you. Like we said at the beginning, in my weakness I boast because there the fullness of the power of Jesus Christ comes upon you. So let's pray. Everybody stand to your feet. This is our commission. This is our call. You know what? If, if we set all this stuff up out here and not a single trick-or-treater comes by, of course I'm going to be bummed. But, but no, I'm not because in the end, do you realize we don't perform for people? We perform for God. We put our, our energy to love God. So everything that we do, he sees and he understands our heart, and that means so much. I love the fact that he's a generous God, and when we're being generous to people, we can't outgive him, and we can't. It's not our efforts, it's our heart, and what are we put our, our hands to? And he honors that. 
Father, we thank you so much uh, for the time here tonight. We're going to go out there and love people out in the, in the driveway and in the parking lot. We ask right now that you will fill our hearts with the faces of our neighbors. Lord, as, as a neighbor, I, I want to know more about my, about my, uh, my next-door neighbors. And not just so that I can gossip about that. <laughs> Father God, forgive us if we ever do that. Let's not judge. But God, allow us to redeem the culture and celebrate the things we're celebrating. You have built a beautiful community around us. You've drawn people from all over the world to live in Manchester. You've dropped us where we live, and we pray right now that you will make us ministers commissioned by you to impact the people that we live around. Imagine what it would look like if every one of these people here brought the people that they live around to know Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. We love you and thank you and ask for your blessing as people go tonight. They hang out, they eat food, go and drink coffee. We just praise you and love you for making a community that has purpose and can be filled with joy. We thank you in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Guys, a little bit longer than I wanted to, seven, we got an hour to be out there. Did you know real quick that, you know, if every one of us here reached the people in our neighborhood and we brought people from that neighborhood to Christ, we would quadruple the size and we would have a real problem because you know how it gets in the park, you know, parking gets here. You know, I just, I look forward to seeing as we are commissioned to go out to see the lives changed and around us for them. So God bless. Head out there and go love on people with that candy and coffee.